ஹரே கிருஷ்ணா ஹரே கிருஷ்ணா வெல்கம் டு திஸ் எபிசோட் ஆஃப் ஏஎம்ஏஎம் ஆஸ்மி எனிதிங் மண்டேஸ் அண்ட் அண்ட் தீஸ் செஷன்ஸ் வீ ட்ரை டு ஆன்சர் யோர் கொஸ்டின்ஸ் ஃப்ரம் ஸ்ரீல பிரபுபாஸ் புக்ஸ் அண்ட் தட்ஸ் வாட் வீ கோயிங் டூ டுடே அஸ் வெல் ஜஸ்ட் கிவ் கிவ் மீ அ செகண்ட் இயர் ஜஸ்ட் கனெக்ட் திஸ் டிஸ்பிளே ஆல் ரைட் we'll start with the prayers as usual om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om namo bhagavate vasudevaya om agyanati mirandhasya gyananjana shalakaya chakshurun melitam yena tasmay shri gurave namaha ஸ்ரீச்சைத்தன்யமனோபீஷ்டம்ஸ்தாபிதம்யேனூத்தலேயுதபதமலம்ரீகுருஷ்ரீயுதபதமலம்ரீகுருன்வைஷ்ணவா
Hmm, there's an interesting question actually. Oh, one second. So he's asking, what do you do for Vaikuntha Ekadasi? I'll just put the question on the screen. All right. So this is the question. Do we observe Vaikuntha Ekadasi? What do you usually do during this day? Okay. Just a quick search on Vaikuntha Ekadasi. It's on the 25th of December and that I think is Mokshada Ekadasi for us. Is that so? Let me just check. Yes. So we call it Mokshada Ekadasi and it is also the advent of the Bhagavad Gita. So Bhagavad Gita was spoken on that day, the Ekadasi day and it um, is called Mokshada Ekadasi um, as we Gaudiya Vaishnavas call it. In the Sri Sampradaya they do the Vaikuntha Ekadasi where they have you know night long prayers and then they have this Vaikuntha Dwar and then see the basically these uh, events are um, you know created by Acharyas to get people to come to the temple. See many people Actually, as devotees, we have to follow Ekadashi every single day. I mean, not every single day, every single Ekadashi. We have to fast from grains and, you know, we have to chant more, we have to read more, we have to do more service. So, basically, reduce our bodily um, demands and increase our spiritual service to the Lord. And <clears throat> that is supposed to be done on all Ekadashis. But... People in general, they fall back, they fall, fall away from the standards. So at least to encourage them to at least do once in a year, there is this Vaikuntha Ekadashi. But for devotees, it is just like any other Ekadashi. And when we say just like any other Ekadashi, it's not something normal. I mean, it's not something like, ah, it's just another day. No, it is a very auspicious day. For the for the, those who do not practice anything, this is actually a Sri Sampradaya ritual, not exactly now Gaudiya Vaishnavas. Uh, for us, we have the Pandava Nirjala Ekadashi, which comes in around May, May June. So that's what we observe. <clears throat> we do Nirjal fast, not eating, not drinking water, nothing. Of course, some devotees also do Nirjal fast on every Ekadashi. Same. So for those who do not do anything. Uh, in Sri Sampradaya, they are, you know, given this opportunity where, you know, if you do Vaikuntha Ekadashi, then you will be admitted into Vaikuntha. But that again means that it's not that I do anything I like the whole life and I do Vaikuntha Ekadashi and I go back to Vaikuntha. No. Just like in Damodar month. Now, this is Damodar Mas. For us, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, we follow this uh, Damodar Ashtaka prayers, chanting and, you know, we try to do more service and everything. Again, Srila Prabhupada said, these kinds of special events are there to uh, increase the engagement of the people in general in the service of the Lord. Increase their service of the Lord to the Lord for the people in general. So, 
for the devotees he has to the standard for devotees is satatam kirtayanto maam bhajanti ananya manaso so we have to always engage in krishna service whether it is ekadasi or whether it is the most inauspicious day or whatever it is one must always be engaged in krishna service that is the standard uh, because jiver swarup hoy krishner nityadas nityadas means always eternal servant not jiver swarup hoy krishner ekadashi das only on ekadashi he is a servant of krishna other days he is a servant of maya <laughs> that is not the case so all the time we are servants of krishna right so that is that is our original position but for those people who do not take to this then these events are there like shri prabhupada explained this like a special sale hmm? when a shop offers a special sale limited time you know limited time and limited stocks something they will say and then they have the special discounts i think nowadays you know in uh, this online shopping lazada amazon you know all this q10 and alibaba all this uh they have 11 11 you know on 12th december 11 november they have some you know sales some special sales special discounts so that is just you know increase the sales or increase the participation so similarly to increase the participation of people in general there are these special events even for in, for that matter janmashtami rathayatra what is rathayatra now devotees are always serving lord jagannath whether it is rathayatra or not rathayatra is a festival where the lord comes out and people get to serve him in various different ways by contributing monetarily you know when there is a grand festival everybody likes to contribute everybody you know um, participate in the festivities you know pulling the chariot you know participate in the kirtan that kirtan we are doing every day in the temple but they are not coming <laughs> so when there is festival they will come you see so it, the festivals are meant to j- allure people into the krishna consciousness movement whether it is vaikuntha ekadashi or any festival or any damodar mantra or anything like that but for the devotees it's always engagement of course festival times to induce more people to come we have to make special arrangements so of course devotees engagement also increases because otherwise he is just engaging in krishna service and now he has to cater to the engagement of all these different people who will come and uh, engage in the service of the lord so he has to arrange for that so in 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 managing all of that a devotee takes extra efforts but of course he most pleasingly takes those efforts but that is the thing so that's sri sampradaya ritual um nothing much we will do it's advent of bhagavad gita it's a very you know uh, auspicious day in fact um you know we try to increase the sale of bhagavad gita books which is what we're going to try for this month of december this whole month we're going to uh, you know increase the sales of bhagavad gita books we have some schemes now that there is this lockdown i mean not lockdown but we can't go out we used to have fairs you know bazaars not exactly in december but in november october around that time and we used to have a lot of book sales in these two months but now we did not have all of that and um, we have some scheme with which we want to distribute more bhagavad gitas in this month um, let's see how that rolls out by krishna's mercy and uh, so that's what we need to do so that's how we celebrate we don't do anything special on that day um just that we observe it like any other ekadashi and that's it 
I hope that answers the question. And next question. is a funny question jiver swarup hoy krishner nityadas somebody is um, youtube name is quite nice but the question is like this do they pass stool and urine in the heavenly planets <laughs> very uh, inquisitive huh? athato brahma jignasa <laughs> <laughs> Vedanta Sutra says we have to inquire about spiritual life. So this Jivar Swarupai Krishna Nityadas, eternal servant of Krishna is asking, inquiring whether they pass stool and urine in the heavenly planets. <laughs> Good jignasa. Huh? But anyway, although it's kind of a funny question or you know, maybe a disgusting question or what, but no, it is it is something when it is related to Krishna, we, we can always make it um, Krishna conscious, you see. So, do they pass stool and urine in the heavenly planets, actually? Right? Let's look at it this way. I think in the fifth canto, if you see, Srimad Bhagavatam, canto 5, uh, chapter what? Let me see. Chapter 5, I guess. Maybe 33, 32. Yeah, you see here, uh, this is not exactly a description of passing stool and urine in the heavenly planets, but you see here, uh, it is a description of Lord Rishabdev. Rishabdev is an incarnation of Krishna and um, he did something, he was actually a king and he had 100 sons and he instructed them in spiritual science and then he left his kingdom and he became a mendicant, not even a, I mean like Avadhut. You know, he was roaming around this world naked, completely, you know, devoid of... I, I think, let us see some, um, you know, some description of how he is roaming. Um, you see, after accepting the feature of Avadhut. Thus, the great well-wisher of everyone, the Supreme Lord, Rishabdev, instructed his own sons. Although they were perfectly educated and cultured, he instructed them just to set an example of how a father should instruct his sons before retiring from family life. Sannyasis who are no longer bound by fruitive activity and who have taken to devotional service after all their material desires have been vanquished also learn by these instructions. Lord Rishabdev instructed his 100 sons of whom the eldest Bharat was a very advanced devotee and a follower of Vaishnavas. In order to rule the whole world, the Lord enthroned his eldest son on the royal seat. Thereafter, although still at home, Lord Rishabdev lived like a madman, naked and with dishevelled hair. Then the Lord took the sacrificial fire within himself and he left Brahmavarta to tour the whole world. So, this is what he did. After accepting the feature of Avadhuta, Avadhuta means a person who has, you know, has no connection with material world, completely aloof from material engagements. He may not even wear a dress, you know, completely naked, completely in his spiritual bliss of Krishna consciousness. So, after accepting the feature of Avadhut, a great saintly person without material cares, Lord Rishabdev passed through human society like a blind, deaf and dumb man 
an idle stone, a ghost or a madman. Although people called him such names, he remained silent and did not speak to anyone. People called him ghost, called him a stone, called him a dumb man, blind man, deaf man, madman. But he did not say anything. Then, Rishabdev began to tour through cities, villages, mines, countrysides, valleys, gardens, military camps, cow pens, the homes of cowherd men, transient hotels, hills, forests and hermitages. Wherever he travelled, all bad elements surrounded him, just as flies surround the body of an elephant coming from a forest. He was always being threatened, beaten, urinated upon and spat upon. Sometimes people threw stones, stool and dust at him and sometimes people passed foul air before him. Thus people called him many bad names and gave him a great deal of trouble but he did not care about this for he understood that the body is simply meant for such an end. He was situated on the spiritual platform and being in his spiritual glory he did not care for all these material insults. In other words, he completely understood that matter and spirit are separate and he had no bodily conception. Thus, without being angry at anyone, he walked through the whole world alone. Just imagine the kind of uh, tolerance he was practicing. Lord Rishabdev's hands, feet and chest were very long. His shoulders, face and limbs were all very delicate and symmetrically proportioned. His mouth was beautifully decorated with his natural smile and he appeared all the more lovely with his reddish eyes spread wide like the petals of a newly grown lotus flower covered with dew in the early morning. The irises of his eyes were so pleasing that they removed all the troubles of everyone who saw him. His forehead, ears, neck, nose and all other all his other features were very beautiful. His gentle smile always made his face beautiful, so much so that he even attracted the hearts of married women. It was as though they had been pierced by arrows of Cupid. About his head was an abundance of curly matted brown hair. His hair, were dis- his hair was dishevelled because his body was dirty and not taken care of. He appeared as if he were, he were haunted by a ghost. When Lord Rishabdev saw that the general populace was very antagonistic to his execution of mystic yoga, he accepted the behaviour of a python in order to counteract their opposition. Thus, he stayed in one place and lay down. While lying down, he ate and drank, and he passed stool and urine and rolled in it. Indeed, he smeared his whole body with his own stool and urine so that opposing elements might not come and disturb him. He smeared his whole body with his own stool and urine. You see that? But here you see, Tasyaha Yaha Purisha Surabhi Saugandhya Vayustam Desham Dashayojanam Samantat Surabhim Chakara. This is quite amazing. Because Lord Rishabdev remained in that condition, the public did not disturb him. But no bad aroma emanated from his stool and urine. Quite the contrary, his stool and urine were so aromatic that they filled 80 miles of the countryside with a pleasant fragrance. 80 miles, Dashayojana. Now, here in the purport, let's read. From this we can certainly assume that Lord Rishabdev was transcendentally blissful. His stool and urine were so completely different from material stool and urine 
that they were aromatic. Even in the material world, cow dung is accepted as purified and antiseptic. A person can keep stacks of cow dung in one place and it will not create a bad odor to disturb anyone. We can take it for granted that in the spiritual world, stool and urine are also pleasantly scented. Indeed, the entire atmosphere became very pleasant due to Lord Rishabdev's stool and urine. And here, here Srila Prabhupada writes a very interesting thing. That in the spiritual world also there is stool and urine. But there, they are pleasantly scented. Very, very nice like perfume. Here, it is very abominable. It stinks. But even, as Srila Prabhupada said, even the cow dung, which is nothing but stool, is actually very fragrant. Especially, when the cow is not fed um, soya. And especially in India, the cows, um, the cow dung is even more fragrant than here. That I have practically seen. Um, <coughs> my brother, Rajagishwar Prabhu, he used to do this. He used to go to this um, one um, Iskon farm. At that time, he was going to the Iskon temple way back. I mean, more than a decade ago, more than 10 years ago. And he used to go to this farm in uh, Medchal, which is in Hyderabad. And there they used to have so many cows. And the cow dung, they mix with water and they actually <laughs> wash their face. And he, he washed his face also with cow dung mixed water. And he said, it's so pleasant, the, the smell, and then you feel very fresh, he was saying. <laughs> now, uh, people in countries like Singapore here, they don't understand this, and then, you know, you will, oh, what is that? You know, you, will, you may think like that, but actually, cow dung is very, very fragrant. In fact, in, in the houses also, they mix the wet cow dung in water, you know, like we mop with uh, liquid, you know, those uh, soap liquid, not soap liquid, that disinfectant liquid. They use actually cow dung inside the, inside the water and cow urine a little bit and then mix it with water and then uh, the whole courtyard of the house, they, they what is that, uh, wash it with uh, that mixture. And it creates a very, very pleasant fragrance and also it acts like a complete, uh, what is that called? Um, Pesticide, not pesticide, uh, weed, weedicide or whatever, to kill all the weeds. No, no weed will grow in the courtyard when the courtyard is, uh, you know, uh, sprinkled and uh, washed with this cow dung mixture. And it looks very nice and clean. So anyway, even cow dung is pleasant uh, to smell. And what to speak of? The Lord. So actually in... In um, one lecture, Srila Prabhupada was, uh, was saying, he said, um, if somebody says he is God, you ask him first of all, his tool is fragrant or not. <laughs> if his tool is not fragrant, if his tool is stinking, then he is a dog. <laughs> so, like that, Srila Prabhupada made a comment once. So, <laughs> it's based on this, this uh, shloka. He was actually giving a lecture on this shloka and he said like that. So, from here we can understand that even in the spiritual world there is stool and urine. Because uh, after all, nothing can exist in this material world if it has no reality in the spiritual world, right? This is the spiritual world or Krishna is called Janmadhyasya Yataha. Aham Sarvasya Prabhavo. He is the origin of everything. He is the origin of stool and urine also. Unless it is there in him, it is not there in us. It cannot be there in us. 
how can we have something which the lord does not have but the thing is in our case it may be disgusting but in the in the lord's case it is different it is completely pure so the lord's stool and urine is fragrant and the same goes in the heavenly planets there is definitely stool and urine uh, but it is definitely different from the quality from uh, as in, as in here like uh, shri prabhupad said uh, that in the heavenly uh, planets the women in summer their bodies become cool and in winter their bodies become warm and in that way every man would embrace would want to embrace and all the women are extremely beautiful none of the earthly women can compare even the most beautiful women on this planet on earth cannot compare to an average woman on the uh, heavenly in the heavenly planets and the most beautiful of all women in the heavenly planets they are exceptionally beautiful and um, their beauty is like that and their bodies are like that uh, so and their bodily structure is also very very attractive hmm. <clears throat> so many descriptions are there in the bhagavatam anyway um even their perspiration is fragrant hmm. like here perspiration it stinks but there their perspiration is fragrant so all these things give rise to a very high level of sense gratification whereas in the spiritual world it is even more fragrant the perspiration the stool the urine and everything but there is no um, sense gratification involved uh, they are not interested and it is also said that in the heavenly planets the even the sex life they can have sex for all their lives they won't get pregnant only within the last one year of their life that means within one year of their expiring then the woman will get pregnant only once in her life so of course there are also example i mean histories where like aditi you know they, she has so many sons and all that i don't know how that all that happens but usually <clears throat> it is said in the i think i'll take that um, verse out for you i think it's um, uh 5 17 12 you see in these eight varshas or tracts of land human beings live 10000 years according to earthly calculations all the inhabitants are almost like demigods they have the bodily strength of 10000 elephants indeed their bodies are as sturdy as thunderbolts the youthful duration of their lives is very pleasing and both men and women enjoy sexual union with great pleasure for a long time after years of sensual pleasure when a balance of one year of life remains the wife conceives a child thus the standard of pleasure for the residents of these heavenly regions is exactly like that of the human being who lived during treta yuga you see here another point in this verse is that in all eight of these heavenly varshas although men and women enjoy sex pleasure there is no pregnancy pregnancy takes place only in lower grade life for example animals like dogs and hogs become pregnant twice a year and each time they beget at least half a dozen offspring even lower species of life such as uh, snakes give birth to hundreds of young at one time this verse informs us that in grades of life higher than ours pregnancy occurs once in a lifetime people still have sex life but there is no pregnancy in the spiritual world people are not very attracted to sex life due to their exalted devotional attitude practically speaking there is no sex life in the spiritual world but even if sometimes it does occur there is no pregnancy at all 
on the planet earth however human beings do do become pregnant although the tendency is to avoid having children in this sinful age of kali people have taken to the process of killing the child in the womb this is the most degraded practice it can only perpetuate the miserable condition miserable material conditions of those who perform it you see this much information is there you see so in fact so much uh, so much more is also there but you know you can you can go and read all these things in the fifth canto all the different kinds of planets and the life there and everything is mentioned here what kind of lifestyle those people have everything is mentioned even their stool and urine is also mentioned <laughs> even their sex life is also mentioned so anyway so these things are mentioned uh, in the shastra and therefore the the karmakandiyas they think that going to heaven and enjoying all these pleasures the beautiful women and you know all these things they think this is the end goal of all the vedic practice but no uh, we have to go to spiritual world because after that again we have to come back here after the heavenly so called pleasure in fact then heavenly in the heavenly life also there is no pleasure is full of misery although these all these facilities are there despite so much facility for sense gratification you see what goes on in the heavenly planets think uh, 11 920 right no 11320 yeah evam lokam param vidyan nashvaram karma nirmitam satulyati shayadvam sam yatha mandala vartinam one cannot find permanent happiness even on the heavenly planets which one can attain in the next life by ritualistic ceremonies and sacrifices even in material heaven the living entity is disturbed by rivalry with his equals and envy of those superior to him and since one's residence in heaven is finished with the exhaustion of pious fruitive activities the denizens of heaven are afflicted by fear anticipating the destruction of their heavenly life thus they resemble kings who though enviously admired by ordinary citizens are constantly harassed by enemy kings and who therefore never attain actual happiness you see there's no actual happiness even in the heavens so <clears throat> that is about stool and urine in the heavenly planets next next question signs of krishna all of them have some pseudonyms why are you all hiding behind these names <laughs> why are you not <clears throat> you know revealing your true names signs of krishna hari krishna prabhu dhanavad pranam all glories to shri prabhupad prabhu i always wondered when lord l4d anyway i always wonder when lord narsimhadev incarnated then he did he have two hands or four <clears throat> apparently he had 16 hands and uh, there is this uh, ashtakam shodashabahu narasimha ashtakam written by vijayendra tirtha of shri sampradaya it's a very powerful uh, you know poem glorifying lord narasimha dev who just came out of the pillar at that point so that is shodasha uh, bahu means 16 handed form so he had 16 hands and he you know killed so many asuras 
I think maybe the description is also there in the Bhagavatam. I don't know whether the number of hands is explicitly mentioned or not. But he came out with 16 hands. Bhukandam, Varanandam, Paravaraviratam, Dampadampurudampam, Dim 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 Dim, Dedimbam, Dahamapi Dahamai, Jampa Jampai, Stajampai, Tulya, Stulya, Stutulya, Dhuma Dhuma Dhumakai, Kumkumankai, Kumankai, Etate, Purna Yuktam, Mahara Hakaraha, Patumam, Narasimha. So this is the first verse of that. And then Bhubrid, Bhubrid, Bhujangam, Pralaya Ravavaram, Prajvalad Jvalamalam. Karjarjam, Karjadurjam, Kikachakachakachit, Karjadurjarjayantam, Bhubhagam, Bhogabhagam, Gagagagaganam, Garda Martyugragandam, Swacham, Pucham, Swagacham, Swajana Jananutah, Patumam, Narasimha. So these are the verses, very, very powerful verses, very, you know, you can feel the anger that the Lord Narasimhadev came out with, you know. It's <laughs> a very powerful verses. And <clears throat> so that, that whole uh, eight verses are. Um, termed as Shodasa Bahu Narsamashtakam. Shodasa means 1600 form. Alright, next. Let's see if uh, there is any description in the 7th canto. Hiranyakashipu Okay, he was holding Prahlad and then Prahlad said, yes, he is in the pillar. You see, then from the, within the pillar came a fearful sound which appeared to crack the covering of the universe. This sound reached even the abodes of the demigods like Lord Brahma. Huh? Actually, the, even in the Shodasubhahu Narasimhashtakam, it is said, um, what is that? Enabhram. Uh, Garjamanam Laghu Laghu Makaro Balachandrarkadamstro. His um, teeth was so bright and shining that um, even the sun and moon became dim in comparison. Here it is said. You see, to prove that the statement of his servant Prahlad Maharaj was substantial, in, in other words, to prove that the Supreme Lord is present everywhere, even within the pillar of an assembly hall, the Supreme Personality of Godhead Hari exhibited a wonderful form never before seen. The form was neither that of a man nor that of a lion. Thus the Lord appeared in his wonderful form in the assembly hall. Well, you see, his arms, which resembled flanks of soldiers, spread in all directions as he killed the demons, rogues and atheists with his conch shell, disc, club, lotus and other natural weapons. You see, here you can see, there are so many weapons he is holding, one in each hand. His arms, like, his arms were like flanks of soldiers, all at once, you know. That means, you see, how many, many, many hands, 16 hands he had. And he was holding so many weapons. In fact, even the famous painting of Narasimhadev that Jadurani did, our Iskon painting, where he's tearing open the chest of Hiranyakashipu, even that has, I think, 16 arms, if I'm not wrong. <clears throat> so, there you go. Not only this, Shanka Chakra Gada Padma, but also many other natural weapons. So that means he has so many hands. Alright, so next. 
these are actually comments from the youtube channel you know i don't know why they are putting their questions all there but anyway let's answer them signs of krishna second question Hare Krishna Prabhu Dhanavad Pranam all glories to Srila Prabhupada I wanted to act I wanted to ask who actually is Sri Krishna as in your last Chaitanya Charitamrita episode you said that mother earth went to lord brahma in the form of a cow and lord brahma went to lord vishnu in kshira sagar and in one of the previous amam session you told that krishna is the source of lord vishnu as they are his expressions no 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 not expressions expansions Please explain as there is a story that Sri Krishna and Arjuna went to Vaikuntha and they met Mahavishnu. So when Krishna descends Lord Vishnu is merged with him. So how come they met Mahavishnu? Please explain. Thank you. So Krishna and Arjuna did not go to Vaikuntha. They went to the Mahavishnu who is lying in the causal ocean. They went there. uh but anyway that is also vaikuntha wherever the lord is there is vaikuntha so in that in that manner you can say it is vaikuntha uh but he did not go to the spiritual planets he is in the causal ocean you know that's where they met him so yes it is a fact in the chaitanya charitamrita so now first of all your question is who is actually sri krishna so sri krishna is the supreme personality of godhead he is the origin of all other incarnations and all exp- and expansions of uh, godhead अद्वैतमच्युतमनादिमनपुरापुरषम नवयौवनम चेदेशु दुर्लभमुर्लभमात्मक्त गोविंदमादिपुरषम तमह भजा दिस् फ्रॉम द ब्रह्म संहिता फाइव डॉट थर्टी थ्री आई वर्शिप गोविंद सो हियर ओके एनी वेलट्स let's read the translation i worship govinda the primeval lord who is inaccessible to the vedas but obtainable by pure unalloyed devotion of the soul who is without a second advaitam means who has no competitor who is without a second who is not subject to decay is without a beginning whose form is endless and who is the beginning and the eternal purusha yet he is a person possessing the beauty of blooming youth navayauvanam ever fresh he is advaitam that means he is one is not two there is no competitor god only one but anantarupam at the same time he has millions and millions of forms now when krishna comes into this world that is explained in the chaitanya charitamrita um which is i think adilila chapter 3 or 4 i think 3 right towards the end of third chapter or maybe fourth chapter yeah so here uh 
here it is said in the fourth chapter of the Chaitanya Charitamrita Adilila that when Krishna comes, he all other incarnations are included in him. Just a second. Ah, 4.10 You see, when the complete Supreme Personality of Godhead descends, Sampurna Bhagavan, Purna Bhagavan, you see, Purna Bhagavan Avatare Jai Kale, Arsab Avatar Tate Asi Mile. All other incarnations of the Lord meet together within Him. Lord Narayana, the four primary expansions, Vasudeva, Sankarshan, Pradyumna, Aniruddha, Matsya, and Adalila incarnations of Yugavatar, Manvantara Avatars, and as many incarnations as there are, all listen in the body of Lord Krishna. In this way, the complete Supreme Godhead, Lord Krishna himself, appears. Now, that means all the avatars and even Mahavishnu, Kshirudakasha Vishnu, Garbhudakasha Vishnu, everybody is inside Krishna. All expansions, all incarnations. Still, they are separate. Just like Balaram. Balaram is also one of the expansions of Krishna, right? The first expansion of Krishna. He is separate there. And also remember the Brahma Vimohan Leela. When um, Brahma took all those cowherd boys and calves and cows, Krishna himself expanded as you know Narayana and he expanded into those cows and cowherd boys. You see? How? So we have to understand when <laughs> we should not calculate the Lord materially. When the Lord mixes I mean, all the incarnations mix with the uh, mix with Lord Krishna, and when He comes, it is not that they cannot again exist separately. Also, that means as Krishna, He is doing the work of everybody, uh, but at the same time, they can exist separately. That is, when you take Krishna out of Krishna, Krishna minus Krishna is what? Zero? No, Krishna minus Krishna is Krishna. It is not like our material mathematics. One plus one is one. One minus one is one. Everything is one. So, uh, so Krishna, if you take Krishna out of Krishna, still will remain Krishna. Not like our, we cannot calculate like us. Oh, if we merge or if I am if I'm here, I am not uh, in India. If I am in India, I am not here. But Krishna is not like that. Goloka eva nivasati akhilatma bhuto. You mean when Krishna came here, the Paramatma was not there in everybody's heart? He was still there. Yes, they all merged in him and still at the same time they are there also. <laughs> so that is the in- inconceivable existence of Krishna. Everything is Krishna. At the same time, everything is not Krishna also. Everything also exists. Like for example, the entire universe and everything is within Krishna. right? Now, how can Krishna, whose energy is this whole material world, how can that full Krishna come inside this material world as if he is one part of it? When he is the owner and everything is within him. Like Yashoda, she saw the entire universe within Krishna's mouth. But at the same time, Krishna is within the universe. How? How is that possible? You know, how can something like, okay, yeah, this is a good example. Okay, I don't know if you can see this. This is a spectacle case. These are spectacles. By the way, I wear this when I read, when, when I attend classes. When I, not when I take classes, but when I attend classes, then I want to see the screen from far. I need to use this. So anyway, 
so this these spectacles are within this case now this is closed now the spectacles are or the glasses are within this case can the case be within the glasses can this case now be within the glasses no the glasses are within the case the case cannot be within the glass again but krishna he is like that krishna within krishna is everything and he again is within the everything else andantarastha paramanu chayantarastham you see uh, he is called hiranyagarbha uh, hiranyagarbha means the garbha means womb like this material world is a womb garbha means which has no outlet completely dark garbha so this material world is like that tightly packed shell so that is like the womb of the supreme lord and that whole material krishna is saying all energies are coming from me mayadhyakshena prakriti suyate sacharacharam aham sarvasya prabhavo so many times mayatatam mayatatam idam sarvam jagadavyakta murtina so everything is coming from him so it is within him krishne tishthati vishvamet dakilam in the mukundamala stotra if you see 43rd verse very beautiful verse actually krishno rakshatu no jagatraya guru krishnam namadvam sada krishnena akila shatravo vinihata krishnaya tasmay namah krishna deva samutthitam jagaditam krishnasya dasosmyaham krishne tishthati vishvametadakhilam he krishna rakshasvamam may krishna the supreme the spiritual master of the three worlds protect us continually bow down to krishna krishna has killed all our enemies obeisances to krishna from krishna alone this world has come into being i am the servant of krishna this entire universe rests within krishna oh krishna please protect me what kind of prayer is this this is actually grammatical teaching grammar through the word krishna you know anyway that's another subject but you see in the entire universe rests within krishna Hmm. Krishna also says, "What is that? Sutre manigana eva. Mayat. What is that? Matta paratram nanyat. Kinchidasti dhananjaya. Mai sarvam idam protam. Sutre manigana eva. O conqueror of wealth, there is no truth superior to me. Everything rests upon me as pearls are strung on a thread. So everything is resting on Krishna. And how can Krishna be inside? So that is inconceivable. God means He can do that. He can do that." if he cannot do that that how can he not how can he not be capable of doing something so when we take krishna out of krishna it is still krishna that is called om purnamada purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya purnameva avashishyate You see, the personality of Godhead is complete and perfect, and because He is completely perfect, all emanations from Him, such as this phenomenal world, are perfectly equipped, has complete holes. Whatever is produced of the complete whole is also complete in itself, because He is the complete whole. Even though so many complete units emanate from Him, He remains the complete balance. That is the supreme Lord. This is the definition of infinite. Infinite means it is not finite. Finite means when you take away something, uh, something is missing. 
If 100% is there, then we take out 5%, 95% is there. That is finite. Infinite means infinite minus infinite is how much? It's still infinite. Infinite minus million, infinite. Infinite minus billion, infinite. You can take how much ever. You can take infinite out of infinite. Infinity out of infinity. Still it will be infinity. Uh, that is the definition of infinite. So, we should not be too much, uh, what is that, confused with this. We have to have, the best thing to do is, not try to calculate the, calculate the position of the Lord with our senses. What is that verse? Achintya khaluye bhava. See this? Achintya khalu ye bhava natam starke na yojayet prakriti bhyaha param lakshanam. Anything transcendental to material nature is called inconceivable, whereas arguments are all mundane. Trans the Lord is transcendental, He is inconceivable, and arguments are mundane, material. Since mundane arguments cannot touch transcendental subject matters, one should not try to understand transcendental subjects through mundane arguments. This verse is from the Mahabharat Bhishma Parva 5.22, also quoted in Bhakti Rasamrata Sindhu 2.593 by Srila Rupa Goswami. So, in this way we have to understand. Next question. Guhan Kanan. One second. I'll put it up on the screen. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, please accept my humble obeisances. Prabhuji, suppose if one man kills another man, he will accumulate karma. So, should the result of that action be given by any other person or the same person? Suppose if same person, then what happens if he gets liberated or according to that person's karma, gets a different body? Okay, I understand. So, So, when a, when a person kills another person, so that karma, he will get karma, he will accumulate karma, yes. So, the result of that action, should it be given to any other person or the same person? It will be given to the same person, not any other person. Next, suppose if the same person, yes, it is the same person, then what happens if he gets liberated? If he is liberated, then he is, you know, dissolved, that karma is dissolved. Okay, the liberated we will talk about later. Now, the, next, the last part of the question is, what happens if the person gets another body? Karma goes with him. <laughs> the karma doesn't go anywhere. The karma does not forget. Oh, this soul, oh, this body, he has quit this body, now I don't know where he is. No, no, no. Karma will find, find him like a guided missile. You know what's a guided missile? Even if the thing is totally out of vision, it will go and seek the target and shoot it. Just like uh, Ashwatthama, when he released the Brahmastra, he chanted the mantra and said, whoever is the last descendant of the Kuru dynasty, kill them, kill that person. 
so that brahmastra became a guided missile and it was seeking the last descendant of Kuru. he did not aim he did not aim at uttara's womb and you know like this <laughs> he did not do like that huh? he did not hide and you know oh there is uttara there is her womb and then you know shoot it no he did not do like that he chanted mantra and then the the arrow itself will go it was a guided missile but of course krishna foiled it so similarly karma will come like a guided missile and hit us but krishna can save us just like parishad maharaj was saved if we surrender to him that is exactly what he says in bhagavad gita 1866 see sarva dharman parityajyam mamekam sharanam vraja aham tvam sarva papebhyo moksha ishyami masuchah abandon all varieties of religion and just surrender unto me i shall deliver you from all sinful reactions do not fear see i shall deliver you from all sinful reactions do not fear now if a person takes on another body what happens to the karma of killing okay now in this body now you are in this body you are having some sufferings some enjoyments where do these come from from our previous lives karmas right so that means previous lives karma is acting now so similarly a person who may be you know um seemingly nothing wrong in this life may get violently killed or violently raped or why these things happen in this life there doesn't seem to be any problem with that person he never did any sinful act or maybe we do not know how to calculate sinful activities maybe that person is eating meat all the day or every day so that is sinful activity but anyway we do not know how to calculate but even if nothing happened in this life still he may sometimes you know face some reversals in life why that things happen because of purva karma anurupam karmana daivanetrena jantur dehopapattaye streeshu pravishta udaram pumsa reta kanashraya the 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 soul as it is said here shrimad bhagavatam is placed into the semen of a man and enters the womb of a woman during sexual intercourse according to karmana daivanetrena two things karmana according to the person's actions and supervision of the lord under the supervision of the lord and according to the result of his work uh, the living entity the soul is made to enter into the womb of a woman through the particle of male semen to assume a particular type of body so don't think that our activities produce reactions only in this life no it spreads across across many many lives same one second let me silence this phone okay see it spreads across many lives so we have to understand that um next what if he is liberated so that's dissolved there is a nice verse aprarabdha phalam papam in the vishnu purana oh. see here ha ah. padma purana it is said aprarabdha phalam papam kutam bijam phalon mukham kramenaiva praliyeta vishnu bhakti ratatmanam there are different stages of dormant reactions to sinful activities what is dormant reactions 
that means i have committed the sinful activity but the result is dormant i have not yet experienced you know the result that that is dormant so that dormant reactions are in different stages like a, a volcano when it erupts not that something just happened like that it built up over the over time over time and then finally it bursts out so it's at different stages of developing and then finally it bursts out so similarly karma also uh, it's developing it's not that oh i did some you say cow killing is bad and i just ate beef and uh, nothing happened it will not happen immediately huh? it is building up so we cannot argue like that oh you know oh, instantly nothing is happening kutam bijam phalonmukam kramenaiva praliyeta so the, let's read the translation there are different stages of dormant reactions to sinful activities to be observed in a sinful life sinful reactions may be just waiting to take effect phalonmukha reactions may be still further dormant kuta or reactions may be in a seed like state bija when you sow a seed like in uh, bible it is said as you sow so shall you reap this is actually the law of karma so as you sow if you if i sow a, a mango seed i will get a mango tree and a mango fruit and when the mango fruit ripens uh, that's when i uh, actually enjoy the result of sowing the seed so similarly if i you know uh, sow the uh, seed of a poison fruit poison tree then i'll get poison fruit then when that ripens i i get to taste the poison fruit so that's like the sinf- sinful reaction and the mango is like i mean i'm just comparing it to the pious reaction so like that as you sow so shall you reap so all our activities sinful activities are seeds sown into our life and when they develop the seed will take some time to become a germinate into a plant and then grow and then become a tree and then you know bear fruit and then the fruit ripens and when it is ripe that's when we can that's when we will um, experience the result of such a sinful reaction so in whichever state they are in all ca- in all in any case all types of sinful reactions are vanquished one after another if a person engages in the devotional service of lord vishnu everything is destroyed no more karma dissolved just like when you um, are a debtor you know to the bank for example you take a loan and you cannot repay and then for some reason you know if the if the banks if the bank Uh, decides to void the loan that means you know you're just cleared you know no, no point i mean no need to pay anything i mean when this happens when you know when somebody is like you know uh, bankrupt or something like that so or or uh, for some reason you know whatever may be the reason if the thing is voided then finish no more loan all those reactions are meant for us to understand that you know we should not do these sinful activities so when one has actually come to point of krishna consciousness he has he has already understood now he has learned his lesson and he is completely krishna conscious and he has gone back to god had liberated that's it no more punishment for him even though he may have committed a you know 
grave offense like even murdered someone but if he takes to krishna consciousness he will be saved hmm. so that is that i mean even let's take example our own uh, i mean devotees in our movement they have come from many many backgrounds meat eating meat eating is also killing right so he has to pay for it but he has to suffer in hell but all that will be you know forgotten finish krishna will write off all those karma and the devotee goes back straight to godhead you see all right next question interesting question by dev patel if the husband takes sanyas will the wife continue to share half of his piety and what if the couple is fortunate enough to die at the same time so first part of the question yes she will still share half of his piety <clears throat> um now w- what if the couple is fortunate enough to die at the same time so first of all is it fortunate to die at the same time if they die at the same time i mean thinking of each other that is not good <coughs> so the best death is to die with when nobody knows so anyway even if they die at the same time if they are devotees yes they will get their dues you see they will they will go back to god and i mean if they are perfectly krishna conscious otherwise they will get wherever they have stopped how much ever they have progressed next life they will start from there now when we talk about when we talk about sanyas and all that we are we have to talk about vaishnava sanyas this this ekadandi sanyas mayavadi sanyas that is of no use people become stone like that we're talking about vaishnava sanyas uh, but there is a in, there is a thing that if a wife leaves the husband divorces from the husband she will not get the she will not share half of the piety of the husband anymore i think uh, where is it stated uh, let me see il 7 11 20 9 maybe the woman who engages in the service of her husband okay wait a minute the woman who engages in the service of her husband following strictly in the footsteps of the goddess of fortune surely returns home back to godhead with her devotee husband and lives very happily in the vaikuntha planets <coughs> okay giving up the association um <coughs> if a chaste woman unfortunately marries a husband who's fallen she should live separately from him 
Similarly, a husband can separate himself from a woman who is not chaste according to the description of the Shastra. Conclusion is that a husband should be a pure Vaishnava and that a woman should be a chaste wife and all the symptoms described in this regard. With all the symptoms described in this regard. Then both of them will be happy and make spiritual progress in Krishna consciousness. No, I am thinking, I am looking for that particular thing. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where exactly I saw it. Was it in the 11th canto? I don't know. If some of you maybe can find it, maybe you can share it. Uh, it is it is, straight, it is said there, Srila Prabhupada mentions that if a, if a woman gives up, then she will not be having that um, advantage of taking half of the husband's piety. Okay, so anyway, next question. This next question is uh, actually a comment from our recent Srimad Bhagavatam class of 4.28.18. The title of the class was Taking Advantage of Disadvantages. So, anyway, let's see the question. What is the time? 8.45, wow. Dev Patel, Hare Krishna, refer to Srimad Bhagavatam 3.22.34 in purport and what you have got to say for that. Three twenty two thirty four. 34 Nishnatam Yoga Mayasu Munim Svayam Bhuvam Manum Yad Abhram Shayitum Bhoga Nashekur Bhagavat Param Thus Svayam Bhuvam Manu was a saintly king. Although absorbed in material happiness, he was not dragged to the lowest grade of life. For he always enjoyed his material happiness in a Krishna conscious atmosphere. Purport the kingly happiness of material enjoyment generally drags one to the lowest grade of life, namely degradation to animal life, because of unrestricted sense enjoyment. But Swayambhu Manu was considered as good as a saintly sage, because the atmosphere created in his kingdom and home was completely Krishna conscious. Note these words, completely Krishna conscious, not sen- uh, like, not you know, like 50% Krishna conscious or something like that. Completely Krishna conscious, okay? Remember that. The case is similar with the conditioned souls in general. They have come into this material life for sense gratification. But if they are able to create a Krishna conscious atmosphere as depicted here or as prescribed in revealed scriptures by temple worship and household deity worship, then in spite of their material enjoyment, they can make 
in spite of their material enjoyment, they can make advancement in pure Krishna consciousness without a doubt. At the present moment, modern civilization is too much attached to the material way of life or sense gratification. Therefore, the Krishna consciousness movement can give the people in general the best opportunity to utilize their human life in the midst of material enjoyment. Krishna consciousness does not stop them in their propensity for material enjoyment, but simply regulates their habits in the life of sense enjoyment. In spite of their enjoying the material advantages, they can be liberated in this very life by practicing Krishna consciousness by the simple method of chanting the holy names of the Lord Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Ram Hare Ram 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 Hare Hare <coughs> So <laughs> it appears that you can have material life and spiritual life material enjoyment and spiritual enjoyment at the same time you know you can enjoy material life and spiritual life at the same time so what is our take on that right that's the question so the thing is completely krishna conscious and here you see krishna consciousness does not stop them krishna consciousness does not stop them in their propensity for material enjoyment but simply regulates their habits in the life of sense enjoyment so that is our krishna consciousness movement we don't say that um, Okay, what is the propensity for sense enjoyment? First of all, let's define that so we will understand it properly. What is the propensity for material enjoyment? Whether it is stopping them or regulating it or whatever. What is the, first of all the propensity for material enjoyment? Let's look at this verse. Srimad Bhagavatam 11, 5, 11. Loke Vyavaya Mishamadya Seva Nityahi Jantor Nahitatra Chodana Vyavasthitisteshu Vivaha Yajna Suragrahai Rasu Nivritti Rishta In the material world, the conditioned soul is always inclined to sex, meat-eating and intoxication. So these are the material propensities. Propensities for material enjoyment means these things, sex, meat-eating and intoxication. Therefore, religious scriptures never actually encourage such activities. Although the scriptural injunctions provide for sex through sacred marriage, for meat-eating through sacrificial offerings and for intoxication through the acceptance of ritual cups of wine, such ceremonies are meant for the ultimate purpose of renunciation. So there is regulation. Like for example, um, Especially in our movement, we are against these four sinful life, uh, sinful uh, principles of life. What are they? Meat eating, illicit sex, gambling, intoxication. And our material propensities are, that is common to animals and men are, Ahara, Nidra, Bhaya, Maithunam. These are the material propensities. So now these things have to be regulated. It, our Krishna consciousness movement, as you see here, Krishna consciousness does not stop the propensity for material enjoyment, but regulates it. That means, we don't say, don't eat. We say, eat, but eat Krishna Prasadam. We don't say, don't have sex. We say, have sex, but for good generating good progeny. Uh, we don't say, uh, what is that? Ahara, don't sleep. Sleep enough. Don't sleep Two less, don't sleep two more. Of course, if you, if one is advanced enough to sleep very less or even forget about sleep, that is Gudakesha. 
Arjuna was called Gudakesh because he conquered sleep. Uh, so that is even the Goswamis, eventually Prabhupada. They slept very, very little. The Goswamis used to sleep only two hours a day and that too sometimes they forgot to sleep. So that is not to be imitated because if you on the material condition, if we do that, we will get, you know, you know, we will die one day. <laughs> we will get uh, so many problems, we will get mentally, we will get depressed. So many things are there. Our intelligence doesn't work. So all these things are there. But spiritually, when one is advanced, he is able to minimize, minimize up to the point of nil. But as long as we have this material body, we need to service it. And for that, there is necessity of engaging in these material activities of eating, sleeping, mating and fearing, defending. But Krishna consciousness does not mean that you stop all these things. Eating, sleeping, mating, defending. Do all the things but regulated way. Of course, for those who are brahmacharis, vanaprastha and sannyas, there is no sex life. For those who want to you know, engage in sex life, then be um, engage, I mean, go into grahasthashram and that too, even then also there is control. Uh, only for begetting Krishna conscious children, it has to be done. So that is uh, regulation, you see. Does not stop them from the propensity of material enjoyment, but simply regulates their habits. In spite of their enjoying the material advantages, they can be liberated in this very life by practicing Krishna consciousness by the simple method of chanting. It's not, it does not mean that the person is fully enjoying material life. A devotee enjoys his life even in this material world, not necessarily because he engages in sense gratification unrestrictedly, but because he is Krishna conscious. Uh, Prabodhananda Saraswati said, Vishwam Purna Sukhayate Vidhi Mahendra Adishcha Kitayate. Take out that verse. Vishwam. Purna. Ah. Let me take out. Okay, anyway, never mind. I'll just explain it from here. Kaivalyam narakayate tridashapura kashapushpayate durdantendriyakala sarpapatali protkhatadam strayate vishwam purna sukhayate vidhimahendradishchakitayate yatkarunya katakshavai bhavavatam so, whoever has achieved the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that means whoever has become Krishna conscious in this Kali Yuga by the mercy of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he experiences Vishwam Purna Sukhayate. This whole material world is full of unadulterated bliss for him. How? How, how is he enjoying? Because he is Krishna conscious. We have example of Hiranyakashipu, Ravana, who were masters and lords of the, you know, Hiranyakashipu was the master of the entire universe, even Ravana. But they were not happy. They may be controller, but they're not, they were not happy. You see? So, a devotee is always, the materialist, seemingly may be having all these, you know, he may be the owner of, you know, he is uh, owner of some, maybe so much vast estate or, you know, vast riches or something like that. But he is not happy. A devotee can, only a devotee in fact, only a devotee can be happy in this material world. 
there's nobody who can be happy in this material world except a devotee because he is only engaged in krishna consciousness so even while staying in this material world he is completely aloof from the sufferings of this material world he is happy in his krishna conscious service that's why the saint the, the jivova marova for the devotee it doesn't matter whether he lives or dies because it's the same he is always happy in the service of krishna so when we say that you know he is enjoying his life swayambhuv manu was enjoying his life in this you know in, in the midst of full material opulence that means he is krishna conscious completely krishna conscious devotee that's why he is enjoying life the person who is not krishna conscious even in the midst of all material opulence he cannot enjoy he thinks he is enjoying but he is suffering a great deal hmm. so that is the thing next question i think we have many questions coming in now okay bhakta virendra wow two questions in one ha huh? cheating <laughs> no man i think it's one question only divided into two parts okay hmm question by bhakta virendra Shri Prabhupada wanted rhythmic system to continue however after disappearance of Shri Prabhupada in his in his con movement there were many self appointed gurus who initiated many disciples and have a huge and dedicated following my question is why in many of your lectures you say these gurus and their followers will go to hell for not following instruction of Shri Prabhupada who is the only guru and not his appointed rhythmics what about the spiritual progress of many initiated devotees in his con who in the true sense are unaware of shri prabhupada as the only guru and have faith in their physical gurus who are self appointed gurus after the disappearance of shri prabhupada <coughs> now <coughs> in the 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 principles that uh, iskon the devotees in iskon are following first of all they are reading shri prabhupada's books so the knowledge is coming from shri prabhupada and the principles that are there four principles 16 rounds that is also by prabhupada so if any advancement they are making they may give up okay the meat eating they you know they give up you know they have taken to some devotional principles that is because of taking to shri prabhupada's movement that guidance of shri prabhupada but because they are not uh, fully uh, what is that following the instructions of shri prabhupada therefore the offense is there what is the third offense when we are chanting the 10 offenses the list of 10 offenses against the holy name gurur uh, avagya or disobeying the order of the spiritual master that is an offense and it's not i am saying they are going to hell i am showing you that verse from shrimad bhagavatam 6714 i show you again and this verse is actually in connection with offense to the guru because indra actually uttered this verse uh, when he offended his own guru brahaspati tesham kupatha deshtrinam patatam tamasi hyadha ye shraddhadhyur vachaste vai majjantyashma plava iva 
leaders who have fallen into ignorance and who mislead people by directing them to the path of destruction as described in the previous verse if you if you see the the all the verses preceding this verse you will see that actually this is the offense the, the indra offended his spiritual master he did not respect his spiritual master same thing so same context uh, are in effect boarding a stone boat so leaders who have fallen into ignorance and who mislead people are in effect boarding a stone boat and so too are those who blindly follow them a stone boat would be unable to float and would sink in the water with its passengers similarly those who mislead people go to hell and their followers go with them so that's why it is the shastra we are showing the shastra our claims are based on shastra it is not wild claims we are making you see so this is uh, this is very uh, grave offense i mean when shri prabhupada has shown one thing why they have to do another thing and their advancement will always be stunted they cannot advance very well it is stated in the nectar of instruction you see and especially because they are participating in the offense they will always be bewildered you see a neophyte vaishnava or a vaishnava situated in, on the intermediate platform can also accept disciples but such disciples must be on the same platform and it should be understood that they cannot advance very well toward the ultimate goal of life under his insufficient guidance therefore a disciple should be careful to accept an uttama adhikari as a spiritual master so these people are all kanishta adhikaris even a madhyama adhikari does not go against the order of his spiritual master a person who can go against the order of spiritual master is not even i think kanishta i don't know whether he can be even classified as a third class devotee if he is a guru drohi Uh, and accidental disobedience you know by force of maya you know by force of sense that is another thing but willful persistent disobedience that is very very grave offense hmm. so um, many many times this was shown to them the reality but they don't want to change and they're guiding all the new devotees like that uh, that's why this is very grave offense so whatever little bit advancement they seem to be making is only because of some touch with shri prabhupada but as i told you many times uh, i don't know how not many times on this here but you know in the temple but here also a few times in live stream that uh, i have already always said i will make this video i haven't made it yet one year has already passed but i will make it i think in december so uh, it's already in my plan now it's i'm already preparing for that there is this so called very great scholar from iskon and he was arguing with me in written form about the guru tatva and he was totally upside down in his understanding of guru tatva completely upside down you see and how how did he come to and he is supposed to be a very very scholar big scholar in iskon and you see the result he says the uh, um, one of his conclusions is that the guru can be delivered by the disciple if the guru is uh, fallen doesn't matter the disciple can deliver the guru then why you need a guru like that then then he quoted one prabhupad's purport from the fourth canto prabhupad is saying in a humble tone it does not mean that you know a disciple will actually liberate his guru especially the diksha guru yes shiksha guru yes maybe the shikshaguru is not so advanced and then you know eventually he gets delivered that's another thing 
like Dhruva Maharaj. His Shiksha Guru was his mother. Uh, and she was delivered, yes, she was not as advanced. Dhruva Maharaj became very much advanced. But of course, in the purport, Prabhupada writes, even Diksha Guru. And then he gives example of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, saying that, oh, if I can eat, even you know get one disciple who is faithful, uh, he will deliver me from this uh, you know material world. If Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati is saying like that, that is his humility. How can we take those words um, as, uh, you know, literally? Just like Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's Guru, Gaurakishwara Das Babaji said, when I die, you drag my body in the, on the, in the streets of Navadvip. At least the dust of Navadvip Dham will touch this body and, you know, I will get purified. Hmm. So, but uh, when he actually passed away, physically, then uh, some of the sannyasis actually wanted to do that. They wanted to drag his body on the streets of Navadvip. Bhaktisiddhan Saraswati Thakur stopped them, saying that he must have, he have told that he, in his humility, but we should not, as uh, disciples, as followers, we should not be foolish enough to do such a thing to him. And think that those, we, we should not take those words literally. So, a disciple cannot understand his guru if he is an offender. So, these people, they have literally taken these things and then, yes, you see, you see, Prabhupada said, disciple can deliver the guru. So, if our Guru is fallen, never mind. If you say our Guru is fallen, never mind. We will deliver our Guru. What kind of nonsense? <laughs> I am going to make this video. I am telling you. I am going to make two powerful videos. I mean, attacking the Siskon. Coming soon. Coming soon. This, this time it's real. This time is for real. Because it's already in the planning stage. It's already, I am, you know, doing everything. I just have to shoot it. A little bit more preparation. I will, I will shoot it and I will upload. And you will see more. Uh, this is uh, this is the thing, you see. That's why I'm, we, are, we are especially against this thing. When Srila Prabhupada said, do it one way, why are they doing it another way? How dare they? How dare they? Until now, they haven't showed any documentary proof against the Ritvik system. Just they deny it. They deny it. Oh, we are offenders, we are Aparadis, we are Papishthas, we are, we, are, we are Apasampradayas, we are, you know, Mayavadis, whatever names they call us. But, philosophically deconstruct. If you have any, you know, material with you, you deconstruct our uh, proposition. And then, yes, we will accept. But until now, they have not been able to do so. And when they attempt to do so, they make fools out of themselves. And that's what I'm going, I'm going to show in that video. I will show. <coughs> Alright, next question. Nimai Priya Prabhu. Nimai Priya Prabhu. Hare Krishna Prabhu, please accept my humble obeisances. All glory to Srila Prabhupada. I have a question, doubt to clarify. How is the transition of Brahmachari to expectant Grihastha done in Vaishnava life? Well, um, the brahmachari who wishes to marry must tell his temple authorities that you, you see I, I actually wish to marry uh, then he you know changes his color to white and then he will you know um, either the temple authorities will find a girl for him or if he has found somebody you know if if, if it goes well uh, according to astrological and according to you know personal compatibility 
then you know they can marry like that that's all you know he will take his permission from the temple authorities that you know i want to change then temple authorities will you know should usually you know allow him to do so unless unless maybe the partner he is going for is you know completely out of krishna consciousness or something then they will might interfere advise him hey, hey look at what you're getting into you know you're getting into this so called woman or a man or you know somebody who's completely off you know get your brains together something like that but otherwise you know if both are you know devotees and you know if they can get in get together then fine you know and they're allowed to become married all right next question hmm this question is from bhaktin charu she asked in uh, instagram anyway we have pulled that here question uh, inquisitive to understand the significance of keeping small deities at temple altar example all the big deities have a miniature version of them at temple altar is this done for some specific reason so they are called utsava murtis utsava means festival and uh, so we have the big radha madan mohan and then we have small radha madan mohan and then uh, we have small gornitai like that so even small prabhupad murti utsav murti so why so for the deity worship we have to do every day abhishek and you know everything so all those uh, you know uh, worship is done to the utsav murtis the small small miniature deities and the uh, the big form he is not the abhishek is not done for that uh, the um, big murtis they are wiped but then the the abhishek is all done for the uh, the small murtis and utsava when whenever the deities have to you know even in the abhishek you see in the festival time there is a gaurnitya abhishek radha krishna abhishek prabhupada abhishek so the the, the miniature deities are taken out the utsava deities they are called utsava murtis so they are taken out and you know they are the the only rathyatra is when the because jagannath have no utsav murti jagannath jagannath himself the big jagannath you know directly comes so he is uh, he comes and uh, he goes on the chariot so that is the only exception otherwise it's all the utsav murtis it's like that so that is the standard practice that's why the utsav murtis are there I don't know if you can hear the metal sounds and metal sounds. I don't know what they're doing but they're doing something outside on the road. I don't know what they're doing. Something very heavy metal something they're pounding something. I don't know what they're doing. <coughs> okay, next question by Charu again. Bhaktin Charu. Tulsi Devi service rituals is there any scriptural reference to study this aspect 
Why they say not to offer jal or pluck tulasi maharani leaves on Sunday and Ekadashi days? No, actually it's not Ekadashi. It's on Dvadashi day that you should not pluck. Ekadashi days you can still, um, you know, <coughs> Ekadashi you can still pluck. Dvadashi you cannot pluck. And uh, helpful to know any scriptural reference of the Tulasi Vivaha, Tulasi Devi wedding ceremony. That is, I think, in the Brahmanda Puran. Uh, and we have actually done the whole Tulusi Maharani series. You can actually go and watch those lectures again. If you haven't watched them, you can watch them. If you have watched them, then you watch them again. They're, we have actually gone through this whole topic, entire topic. Tulusi, Shalagram, Vivah and all that. Everything is there. Uh, maybe the moderator can put a... The moderator can put a link in the comments and, uh, you know, you can go and watch them. I think it's about three videos we did on Tulusi Marani and even the worship and everything. Ajanya, please finish Facebook questions, Prabhu. Anyway, I will finish everything. Hmm? Bhakta Virendra Is the devotee getting result of his past karma due to which he experiences miseries, calamities and sadness in his life? Do Bhakti gives devotee inner strength to face life challenges and overcome them by mercy of Krishna? See, I'll show you one verse. Ten fourteen eight. See, Tattenukampam susamikshamano bhunjana evatmakritam vipakam hridvagvapurbhir vidadhan namaste jivetayo mukti padesa dayabhak. My dear Lord, one who earnestly waits for you to bestow your causeless mercy upon him, all the while patiently suffering the reactions of his past misdeeds and offering you respectful obeisances with his heart. Words and body is surely eligible for liberation, for it has become his rightful claim. Alright, the link to the video series on Tulsi Maharani is here. As you can see, it's in the comment section. Um, you can watch this by following this link. Alright. Okay. <clears throat> in the purport now, Srila Sridhar Swami explains in his commentary that just as a legitimate son has to simply remain alive to gain an inheritance from his father, one who simply remains alive in Krishna consciousness following the regulative principles of Bhakti Yoga automatically becomes eligible to receive the mercy of the Personality of Godhead. In other words, he will be promoted to the Kingdom of God. So, he must remain alive. Uh, in Krishna Consciousness by following the regulative principles of Bhakti Yoga. This is Sridhar Swami saying. Now, the word Susamikshamana indicates that a devotee earnestly awaits the mercy of the Supreme Lord even while suffering the painful effects of previous sinful activities. Lord Krishna explains in the Bhagavad Gita that a devotee who fully surrenders unto him is no longer liable to suffer the reactions of his previous karma. However, because in his mind a devotee may still maintain the remnants of his previous sinful mentality, 
The Lord removes the last vestiges of the enjoying spirit by giving his devotee punishments that may sometimes resemble sinful reactions. The purpose of the entire creation of God is to rectify this living entity's tendency to enjoy without the Lord. And therefore, the particular punishment given for a sinful activity is specifically designed to curtail the mentality that produced the activity. Although a devotee has surrendered to the Lord's devotional service, until he is completely perfect in Krishna consciousness, he may maintain a slight inclination to enjoy the false happiness of this world. The Lord therefore creates a particular situation to eradicate this remaining enjoying spirit. This unhappiness suffered by a sincere devotee is not technically a karmic reaction, it is rather the Lord's special mercy for inducing his devotee to completely let go of the material world and return home back to Godhead. You see? So the Lord, he sometimes uh, brings situations that seemingly look like uh, sinful reactions, but they are just to bring about a sense of disgust for the material world. And then, you know, I, I think the other, uh, you know, example is there in the 10, 8, 9, 10, you see? The personality of Godhead said, If I especially favor someone, I gradually deprive him of his wealth. Then the relatives and friends of such a poverty-stricken man abandon him. In this way, he suffers one distress after another. You see, this distress is not the sinful reaction. This is when the Lord favors him. See that? Next verse, 10.88.9 When he becomes frustrated in his attempts to make money and instead befriends my devotees, devotees, I bestow my special mercy upon him. So he tries to earn back that money or the, his prestige in society, but when he fails repeatedly, the Lord does not allow. Even when he tries to get back, he, the Lord does not allow. And then finally he becomes you know, hopeless and he, became, he makes friends with devotees. He stops wasting time in material accumulation of fund and he makes friends with devotees, which is the real treasure. There is explained in Chaitanya Charitamrita, the real treasure is the association of devotees. I think I will take you there. I bestow my special mercy upon him. You see, a person who has thus become sober fully realizes the absolute as the highest truth, the most subtle and perfect manifestation of spirit, the transcendental existence without end. In this way, realizing that the supreme truth is the foundation of his own existence, he is freed from the cycle of material life. And I think that verse is CC Madhyam. Let me see. If, I don't know. Not very sure though. You see, the root cause of devotional service to Lord Krishna is the association with advanced devotees. Even when one's dormant love for Krishna awakens, association with devotees is still most essential. And mm, you see, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked. Shreyo Madhye Kon Shreyok Jeever Hoi Sar Krishna Bhakta Sangha Vina Shreya Nahi Aar So then Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu asked so, Because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Rai were having this conversation So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was asking so many questions and Ramananda Rai would answer Just like we have, we are having AMAM um, They had an AMA session Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda Rai <laughs> But in, the, in this case Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was asking questions and Ramananda Rai was answering so, all kinds of questions, of course, about spiritual life. AMA session. It's called Ramananda Samvad. Huh? It's called Ramananda, the conversation between Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Ramananda. 
then Sujaitanya Mahaprabhu asked, out of all auspicious and beneficial activities, which is the best for the living entity? Ramanandara replied, the only auspicious activity is association with the devotees of Krishna. Ah, you see, this is a nice verse from Bhagavatam. 11.2.30 Ata atyantikam kshemam prichhamo bhavato naghaha samsaresmin kshanardhopi satsanga sevadhir niranam Let's go to that verse actually. Shevadhihim. Uh, Shevadhihim means great treasure. Therefore, O completely sinless ones, I ask you to kindly tell me what the supreme good is. After all, even half a moment's association with pure devotees within this world of birth and death is a priceless treasure for any man. So, Krishna removes the so-called material, you know, flickering treasure and gives the permanent treasure of the association of devotees and that, that's how he is benefited. So, these are not sinful reactions, these are mercy of the Lord. Next. Ajanya, Bhaktin Ajanya. Will parents' karma will share to children? No, everybody enjoys their own karma. Of course, it's one karma to be born in a family, in a particular family, but the family's karma is not, um, the family's, you know, father's karma doesn't come to son. No. Everybody has to enjoy or suffer his own karma. And that is explained in the Brahma Samhita. 5.54 Yastvindra gopamatha vendra mahosva karma Bandhanu rupa phala bhajana matanoti Karmani nirdhati kintu cha bhakti bhajam Govinda madhi purusham tamaham bhajami Svakarma, you see, Svakarma means own karma. I adore the primeval Lord Govinda who burns up to their roots of all, burns up to their roots, all fruitive activities of those who are imbued with devotion and impartially ordains for each the due enjoyment of the fruits of one's activities, of all those who walk in the path of work, um, in accordance with the chain of their previously performed works. No less in the case of the tiny insect that bears the name of Indragopa than in that of Indra, the king of the Devas. For those who do not understand our English, basically, from Indragopa, an insect, to Indra, the king of heaven, all are enjoying their own karmic reactions. And um, But if we take to devotional service, all that will be burnt up to their roots. And then one will be freed from all sinful reactions. But you see this word Svakarma, means one's own karma. Next. If two persons eat from same plate, will their sins share, even if it is Krishna Prasadam? Why two people must eat from the same plate? 
that is very uncultured way of eating uchishta uh, uchishta means remnants of food eaten by others that is actually food in the mode of ignorance but of course only in one case where uh, it is the remnants of food left by great pure devotees uh, then it is different it is uh, in fact liberating narad muni became liberated because he ate uchishta from the pure devotees in, the, in his previous life and that's how he became narad muni so that is there but uh, normal devotees we should not like you know eat each other's uchishta that is not correct hmm. we should eat in our own plate why we should eat from same plate um what is that 17 chapter bhagavad gita verse 10 यातयामं गतरसं पूतिपर्युषितं च यत् उच्छिष्टं अपिचामेध्यं भोजनं तामसप्रियं फूड प्रिपेर्ड मोर देन थ्री आवर्स बिफोर बीइंग ईटन फूड दैट इज टेस्टलेस डीकम्पोज इन प्यूट्रेड एंड फूड कंसिस्टिंग ऑफ रेमनेंट्स ऑफ अनटचेबल थिंग्स इज डियर टू दोज इन द मोड ऑफ डार्कनेस कंसिस्टिंग ऑफ रेमनेंट्स ऑफ अदर्स उच्छिष्टं उच्छिष्टं अपिचामेध्यं अमेध्यम मीन्स अनटचबल थिंग्स लाइक मीट नेक्स्ट क्वेश्चन वाओ ह्यूज क्वेश्चन वॉट इज दिस I could see husband and wife who are devotees eat from same plate so I asked wife can eat from husband's plate but of course uh, usually the the thing is that the wife should eat after the husband has eaten the remnant she should eat you know that is the proper way anyway there is a private life but they should do that privately if they want to do that <coughs> or you know if somebody cannot finish or something like that i don't know husband and wife i mean if the wife eats the remnants of the husband that is good for her next uh who is this vishnu teja i find that my intelligence is bewildered by maya time and time again well oh ajanya madhav is saying husband was eating after the wife had <laughs> <laughs> that is not in shastra <laughs> anyway let us not poke into husband and wife affairs let us mind our own business okay you know problem is you know we, we see all these things and you know of course uh, husband shouldn't be eating but if the wife cannot finish the food maybe sometime the husband will eat you know as between them you know just leave it to them Mm. next question by vishnu teja i find that my intelligence is bewildered by maya time and time again well all of us are in the same boat at least i am <laughs> i don't know how to deal with the propaganda being made against shri prabhupad by people like 
टॉक बिलीफ्स मौनम चैवास्मी गुह्याना द हरे कृष्ण थिंग एंड इवन फॉर्मर डिवोटीज लाइक एस्थर मेन्डोजा एकायनी देवीदासी एंड अब्यूज एक्स वाइफ ऑफ गोपाल कृष्ण हू नॉर्मली मिस रेंडर द स्टेटमेंट्स ऑफ श्री प्रभुपाद बट इवन गो एज फार एज कास्टिंग एप्रिहन सॉरी एसपर्सन ऑन ऑन टू श्री प्रभुपाद लोटस स्वीट श्री कृष्ण भावनामृता and vedic statements i don't understand what motivates such people to meticulously meticulously craft such labored philippics some time ago maunam chaivasmi guhayam put out some garrulous invective words agree in his attempt to depict shri prabhupada as some sort of tartuff because his divine grace took medicinal tobacco snuff to relieve his bodily pain while he was painstakingly translating the bhagavatam in the dead of night day after day i felt comforted when nimanitha prabhu brought up uh, cc antya 8.81 shrimad bhagavatam 11745 nectar of devotion 5 and uh, shrimad bhagavatam 1129 but did shri prabhupad perform these pastimes in projecting himself as a conditioned soul to bewilder the envious many of the words that you used honestly i can't understand i'm not an expert in english so please next time use some simple words so that i can understand because otherwise i have to take out dictionary now but i kind of get what you're saying um so they're basically trying to uh, malign the name of shri prabhupad um first of all why are you even uh, hearing or reading these people's posts or whatever why that's why your intelligence is bewildered by maya why because you're offending we are you are associating with offenders why are you associating with offenders you may say you're not but by reading their their thing you are associating with them association means what not just to be in physical proximity with them association means to hear from them okay let's see what is association nectar of instruction 4 okay let me take this out ददाते प्रतिगृहणाते गुह्यमाख्याति पृच्छति भुंक्ते भोजयते चैव षड्विधं प्रीतिलक्षणं ऑफरिंग गिफ्ट्स इन चैरिटी एक्सेप्टिंग चैरिटेबल गिफ्ट्स रिवीलिंग वन्स माइंड इन कॉन्फिडेंस इंक्वायरिंग कॉन्फिडेंशियली एक्सेप्टिंग प्रसाद एंड ऑफरिंग प्रसाद आर द सिक्स सिम्टम्स ऑफ लव शेयर्ड बाय वन डिवोटी एंड अनदर सो व्हेन यू डू दिस एनी ऑफ दिस सिक्स थिंग्स योर रिलेशनशिप विद दैट पर्सन इंक्रीजेस एंड टू ऑफ दोस थिंग्स आर गुह्यमाख्याति एंड पृच्छति so to hear from them to listen from them or to inquire from them inquire uh, from them so that is also a association so when you are listening to these things why you should listen why you should spend your time that way in unproductive uh, destructive ways you should not that's why your intelligence is bewildered if you are following our sadhana chanting 16 rounds following the four principles reading shri prabhupada's books if you have so much time you 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 write to me you never wrote to me until now like for months you did not write to me <laughs> if you write to me i'll give you so much service you can learn some video editing you can learn some you know we have so much work to do ha huh? so do like that and spread this i77 to you know devotees now why you should hear them from them all these you know all these offenders why Why you have to hear from them? When you associate with these people by hearing what they are saying, then your mind will also get contaminated. That's why you begin getting disturbed. 
just like if somebody is having a, a, a fever if i associate with that person then if i eat the food that he eats or if i am with him then the germs will come to me and then i will also get fever so by hearing these things by reading these things or by whatever they do whether they have youtube channels or facebook accounts or whatever when you are reading or hearing from them these things then you are the germs of offensive contamination are getting into your heart you should not allow that why you should hear from them i mean these people you can attend you know you can hear shri prabhupada's lectures conversations you, you have you read all his books prabhupada's books have you read all his conversations letters lectures and everything if not then why are you listening to these people you better read prabhupada's books you have so much to finish lifetimes are not enough you want to spend time reading all these nonsense rascals writing about prabhupada who are they and why how how does their opinion even matter and why you should you should uh, get influenced by their opinion why wasting time don't waste time mm. not only wasting time you are you are digging your own spiritual grave by doing that you don't need to hear these thing these people you read shri prabhupada's books if you have finished all, reading all shri prabhupada's books then read them again there is unfathomable depth to the, the to the books of shri prabhupada you even if you read them 1000 times you will still still find newer 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 and newer things newer realizations huh we have so much work to do prabhu why why you should waste time in all these things of course we have to counteract rascals when they you know talk something but you don't go and uh, you know particularly listen to what they are saying if we come across that such thing then we will you know you know rebut that and finish it finish we don't have to associate with them all the time no we associate with devotees that will make you strong then your intelligence won't be bewildered by maya like this understand <coughs> i i'll show you something this verse from shrimad bhagavatam 7 uh, 15 26 yasya sakshat bhagavati gyanadeep pradegurao martya sadhihi shrutam tasya sarvam kunjara shauchavat the spiritual master should be considered to be directly the supreme lord because he gives transcendental knowledge for enlightenment consequently for one who maintains the material conception that the spiritual master is an ordinary human being everything is frustrated his enlightenment and his vedic studies and knowledge are like the bathing of an elephant so when we hear from offenders we are also committing the same offense let me show you this another verse 10 74 40 nindam bhagavata shrinvam tatparasya janasya va tato napaiti yahasopi yatyadhah sukratachutah anyone who fails to immediately leave the place where he hears criticism of the supreme lord or his faithful devotee will certainly fall down bereft of his pious credit what is that not may fall down certainly see why why you should go in this path don't hear them block block these accounts hmm all right next question and by the way yes shri prabhupad did take snuff tobacco <clears throat> because he was having so much pain and he was keeping up in the night 
and he used to occasionally sniff um, the tobacco snuff as a medicinal thing and then uh, one time uh, one devotee who was that um, parmananda swami who was prabhupada's disciple he asked i am i might get the name wrong but one devotee he asked prabhupada prabhupada you are taking uh, snuff tobacco mm. then he is prabhupada said yes uh, i am taking i can take you cannot take he is not that he is smoking or you know he is intoxicating no 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 it was a med- see prabhupada is uh, has a medical background he has a f- pharmaceutical company before he knows so to because he is his old age he had so much uh, pains and he had to sit up you know all night translating <coughs> so for that as a medicinal thing he used to snuff a little bit uh, then he used to do his translation like that uh, it is not that he was intoxicated or something like that so anyway we are not to comment uh, we are not translating books like him we are not doing anything like him right uh, that that conversation was uh, conversation or letter it is there uh, prabhupada said you cannot take uh, so anyway that is prabhupada so um, you know when uh, what is that materialistic people when they see these kind of things they get bewildered oh see see he's fallen oh see he's fallen let them come in like that rascals hmm? they are not going back to godhead they going to hell let them go they that's what they deserve then let us make progress and go back to godhead okay next question ajanya third question by ajanya after initiation if uh, if the person involves in uh, sinful activities will spiritual master take the results of his disciples sins well if they are accidental then the spiritual master might help uh, but it is not that so propad said don't make the spiritual master you know uh, come again and again and relieve us of our sins a dutiful disciple should not give any trouble to the spiritual master so he should only serve the spiritual master so if at all of course we, we are not perfect we will commit mistakes until we become pure devotee we, we, we keep on committing mistakes but we should uh, carefully avoid sinful activities meat eating illicit sex gambling intoxication these are very uh, grave offenses we should not commit them spiritual master may be merciful but we should not take advantage of that thing <clears throat> he is not obliged to save us after we have broken the contract but uh, contract of initiation but sometimes when uh, he is very merciful he may help but that does not mean we should bother the spiritual master uh, by making him come and you know save us from this uh, sinful reactions no it is said that a merciful spiritual master will keep coming back into this material world until all his disciples are delivered and go back to godhead so shri prabhu said don't make your spiritual master come back don't trouble him hmm. that is not good business shri prabhu said like that 
so we should be grateful and not careful not careful for i mean careful about not committing the sinful activities after initiation especially next question by bhakta virendra i don't know why <laughs> why this is even a question anyway is the core teaching of bhagavad gita based on that we are all eternal souls part and parcel of krishna and that surrender to krishna is bhakti yes that was the shortest answer <laughs> okay next mm. what is this what is the source i want the source okay let me put this up on the screen <sighs> by venugopal prabhu who is known as venkatesh satharo on facebook question narada asking who is the spirit, uh, supreme being in trinity of gods and how you are born my lord how you born my lord english is horrible that means somebody who has translated from i don't know which source first of all this is a conversation between narada and shiva so where did you take this conversation from so the, finally the question is hari krishna prabhu how do how do we should take the above conversation between narada and shiva first of all where it is coming from i want to know that the exact verses numbers chapter canto or what puran what where yeah. who is the supreme being in trinity of gods and how you born my lord shiva i was created by brahma as vishnu assigned him to take care of uh, prakriti universe nature world for that brahma created four kumaras and they are learned about vedas in young age itself and they didn't want to grow up and they didn't want to be trapped in prakriti after that brahma created rudra a form of me and i became one of supreme trinity among all beings created by brahma narada how did brahma born my father is born from nabhi or actually stomach not stomach navel area of vishnu in a lotus when brahma opened his eyes he is confused and amazed the be- amazed at the beauty of the almighty vishnu assigned to take care of prakriti narada so brahma is your father vishnu is grandfather then who is your great grandfather my great shiva my great grandfather is me so where did you say this until until the last part it is a, almost a, it is a correct but when shiva said my great grandfather is me that part where where actually anyway the philosophically the un, until the last line it is correct but anyway the whole conversation where is it coming from that's what i want to know okay without source i don't want to even uh, try to explain i mean why why should i explain this first i need the source you see bhagavad gita chapter 17 text 
अनुद्वेगकरम वाक्यम सत्यम प्रियहितम चयत स्वाध्यायाभ्यसनम चैवा वान्मयम तप उच्यते ऑस्टेरिटी ऑफ स्पीच कंसिस्ट ऑफ स्पीकिंग वर्ड्स दैट आर ट्रूथफुल प्लीजिंग बेनिफिशियल एंड नॉट एजुटेटिंग अदर्स एजुटेटिंग टू अदर्स एंड ऑल्सो इन रेगुलरली रिसाइटिंग वेदिक लिटरेचर Um, one should not speak in such a way as to agitate the minds of others of course when a teacher speaks he can speak the truth for the instruction of his students but such a teacher should not should not speak to those who are not his students if he will agitate their minds this is penance as far as talking is concerned besides that one should not talk nonsense the process of speaking in spiritual circles is to say something upheld by the scriptures one should at once quote from scriptural authority to back up scriptural authority to back up what he is saying at the same time such talk should be very pleasurable to the ear by such discussions one may derive the highest benefit and elevate human society there is a limitless stock of vedic literature and one should study this this is called penance of speech next विष्णु तेज विष्णु तेज क्वेश्चन इज मैथमेटिक्स discovered or invented as in is it the native language of everything or merely an ethereal representation of a theoretical ideal resulting from mental speculation also since shri prabhupad said children need to learn reading writing history and mathematics how can we learn mathematics from shastra sadhu and guru since the first three are very easy to learn from Prabhupada's books, lectures, and conversations. See, everything is there already in our shastras, mathematics. Everything is already there. Well, I know there are these videos where you know one point six one three is the ratio, the God ratio, or something like they say like that. And I think it's called the Fibonacci series, which kind of explains the design in nature. i have seen those videos it's quite uh, interesting to dis- to see that but uh, yeah that fibonacci series it is there it might be there i mean but that is there because the lord wanted it to be there so if he if if krishna has you know got some formula and then he i mean he if he has made some formula by which you know some design elements are created in this world then just like gravity we learn it as a branch of physics but actually what is gravity or laws of physics you know what are they they are not something separate they are all created by krishna the fibonacci series is not done by fibonacci is done by krishna is a krishna series so all these things are actually we say um, the newton's laws of physics but they are not newton's laws they are krishna's laws newton discovered them but the laws were already there millions of years it was not created by newton it was created by krishna 
So in that way, mathematics and physics and all these things are already created by Krishna. How can mathematics of mathematicians of this world create something that Krishna did not create? And I mean, Brahma, for example, he is the engineer of this entire material world. I mean, this this universe. How much mathematics and physics he need to know to to create all these things? You just imagine how many engineers need to sit together to create a one spacecraft. And Brahma, by the by intelligence received from Krishna, he created alone all the planets of the universe, of this universe. And they're all like spacecrafts with the, with their own atmosphere and everything, and moving in their orbits and everything. How Brahma created? How much more mathematics and physics is in his head? Rather, four heads. So these are all already there. It's not that you know. Oh, these mathematicians have figured out something which Krishna did not notice. <laughs> hmm? The language of everything is not mathematics. It's the will of the Lord. We may measure it as mathematics. For example, uh, Shri Prabhupada said like this: that the cow eats grass, which almost does not have any nutrients in it. But the dry grass, the cow eats and produces milk, which is so nutritious. How can a thing that with, without any nutrition go inside and then so nutritious food can come out? Milk? How is that possible? Now the biologists will, you know, describe it as an enzymes and you know some some biological processes or whatever, whatever, whatever. But ultimately, it is the will of the Lord. It is the will of the Lord. And if anything is happening, even if it is chemically explained, all those chemicals are moving like that because of the will of the Lord. Why plants are green in color? Why the leaves are usually green in color? They may say chlorophyll and all. No, no, it's will of the Lord. If, the, if Krishna made nature in such a way that plants should have blue leaves or purple leaves, or black leaves and still receive the uh, sunlight and make all the photosynthesis or all, all these words that they use. If the Lord wills like that, then it will be like that. With black leaves or with purple leaves, the trees will still survive and everything will be purple. But why are they green? Why are they any other, not any other color, only green? That's the Lord's choice. They may say chlorophyll and all that. But why the chlorophyll is there? The Lord's choice. It's His own will. There's no other language in the nature. Maya tatam idam sarvam maya dhyakshena prakriti suyate sacharacharam. The language is the Lord's will. This material nature, uh, which is one of my energies, is working under my direction, Krishna is saying. O son of Kunti, producing all moving and non-moving beings. Under its rule, this manifestation is created and annihilated again and again. So, Lord's will is the language. We, this, this is, I mean the people of this world, try to, uh, you know, put it into some kind of formulae and some kind of uh, theories, some kind of ideals, some kind of, you know, uh, calculations. But, it is the will of the Lord. Actually, there is a nice um, 
uh, I think two verses. I don't know if I can find them, but um, ten fourteen seven. गुणात्मनस्ते काउंट all the atoms of the earth hmm? the particles of snow they may be able to count or perhaps even the shining molecules radiating from the sun the stars and other luminaries but among these learned men who could possibly count the unlimited transcendental qualities possessed by you the supreme personality of godhead who have descended onto the surface of the earth for the benefit of all living entities so these formula creation and all these the science scientific you know you know all this this jargon that people use to try to explain the the phenomena of this material world fall short i fall short you know in explaining the and the actual uh, process how everything actually came about and moreover they have absolutely no clue in why these things were created they may explain to some minute extent how they were created that to very very imperfectly like big bang for example rubbish theory other than that why the universe was created absolutely no clue but the devotees by taking knowledge from krishna they know everything you see bhagavad gita chapter 15 text 19 यो मूढ़ो जानाति पुरुषोत्तम so next question vedic mathematics by aryabhatta aryabhatta may be one of the mathematicians but the the, the mathematics science of mathematics is always always there whether this person realizes it or not it is always there and it is done by krishna these persons are only realizing a <coughs> fraction of the actual mathematics of the um of krishna whatever little formula and whatever little bit uh, theories and you know calculations we have, our scientists are able to do mathematicians is a minute insignificant fraction of the mathematics of krishna krishna's mathematics they cannot even comprehend like om purnam adah purnam idam purnat purnam udachyate purnasya purnam adaya purnam eva avashishyate all mathematicians failed with this verse 
वन प्लस वन इज इक्वल टू वन वन माइनस वन इज इक्वल टू वन एवरी यू टेक कृष्णा आउट ऑफ कृष्णा स्टिल कृष्णा इज देयर यू पुट कृष्णा इनसाइड द बॉक्स द बॉक्स विल बी इनसाइड कृष्णा द कृष्णा द यूनिवर्स इज इन कृष्णा एंड कृष्णा इज इन द यूनिवर्स अगेन एंड इन दैट कृष्णा देर इज ए होल यूनिवर्स हाउ इज दैट पॉसिबल पॉसिबल बिकॉज अचिंत्या खलुए भावा नतांस्तर्केण योजयेत ही इज अचिंत्या ही इज इनकंसीवेबल दिस मैथमेटिक्स एंड ऑल दिस दिस स्पेकुलेशंस एंड ऑल दिस थिंग्स कैनॉट कैनॉट कैप्चर द लॉर्ड the lord is always inconceivable all our mathematics will fail to understand when we when we try to understand krishna with such approach hmm <coughs> saundarya uttama subramanyam next question who can i know can i know who is your spiritual master my spiritual master is shri prabhupad his divine grace ac bhakti vedanta swami prabhupad he is a spiritual master of all the devotees in our iskon he is a diksha guru but unfortunately in iskon there are so many other so called spiritual masters who are not authorized by shri prabhupad you are also supposed to be prabhupada's disciple right so we follow the ritvik system and here in iskm everybody gets initiated by shri prabhupada as he instructed this if you're not uh, aware of all these things then please watch our ritvik video by sundagopal prabhu uh, which is 48 minutes long if you want even more elaborate explanation you can watch our ritvik series which is five part series each 3 hours long it's about 15 hours of video content on the subject matter uh, nobody can actually defeat that um, so these things are there so you can know more about it there is some uh, argument what is that virendra prabhu is saying i am now reading bhagavad gita as it is beginning from first chapter for the eighth time written by shila prabhupad good good now you must when you are taking initiation you know you must follow also no good you are reading that is very good actually you can actually read bhagavatam also why are you not reading bhagavatam bhagavatam you read chaitanya charitamrita hmm? you read bhagavad gita also no problem if you are keeping account then actual reading has not begun prabhupad said this to some devotee is that so i don't know vanajakshi mata ji is saying i haven't um, i don't know i haven't seen it but um, it's all right i mean eighth time but uh, don't advertise too much uh, bhakta virendra <laughs> one should not advertise one's devotional activities i'll show you one verse 11 11 kritasyaparikirtanam you know this word this word means kritasyaparikirtanam means you see uh,
Kritasya, one's devotional activities, Aparikirtanam, not advertising. We should not advertise our devotional activities. Oh, I am doing this, I am doing that, I am doing this, I am better than others. What you, I think you have said that, right? Still, I am on the safer side to those who haven't read Bhagavad Gita even once. <laughs> not like that. We should not think like that. Mm-hmm. You see, I will show you one verse. 11.25, 2 to 5. Actually, these are in the mode of goodness, passion and ignorance. I am actually going through this part now. Only this verse. Okay. This is about uh, symptoms of a person in the mode of passion. What is that? Kama iha madastrishna Stambha ashir bhidasukham madotsaho yashah pritir Hasyam viryam balodhyamaha This is the translation of that verse. Material desire, great endeavor, audacity, dissatisfaction even in gain, false pride, praying for material advancement, considering oneself different and better than others, sense gratification, rash eagerness to fight, a fondness for hearing oneself praised, the tendency to ridicule others, advertising one's own prowess and justifying one's actions by one's strength are qualities of the mode of passion. So we should uh, try to avoid these things. <coughs> it's good you are hearing, but you know, uh, you should not uh, boast about it. And you know, I am the greatest learned scholar now. And, uh, <laughs> uh, you see, considering better th- oneself better than others, uh, fondness for hearing oneself praised, the tendency to ridicule others, advertising one's own prowess—all these things, you know, subtly. Even though we are reading, we are subtly all these weeds are also growing. We should cut these, cut these weeds. You know, when you are watering the devotional seed, um, Bhaktilata Bij, then the Bhaktilata is growing and weeds are also growing. What are the weeds? You see, Nishiddha Char, Kutinati, Jivahimsana, Labha, Puja, Pratishthadi, Yato, Upashakhagan. Some unnecessary creepers growing with the bhakti creeper are the creepers of behavior unacceptable for those trying to attain perfection. Diplomatic behavior, animal killing, mundane profiteering, mundane adoration and mundane importance. All these are unwanted creepers. See? So these things we should be very careful. Otherwise, these things will overgrow and then spoil the devotional creeper. You see, if, if one does not distinguish between the bhakti creeper and the other creepers, <coughs> the sprinkling of water, that means hearing and chanting is considered with the sprink, uh, is compared with the sprinkling of water, is misused because the other creepers are nourished while the bhakti creeper is curtailed. So, be very careful. Okay. Oh, Virendra Prabhu is saying, sorry everyone, I am Krishna's Das Anudas. Yes. Vijay Sharma Prabhu is asking, Prabhuji, should we try to do Bhishma Panchaka, which starts on Thursday? If so, can you kindly outline what are the rules for Bhishma Panchaka? Well, um, Srila Prabhupada did not uh, give any special uh, 
this thing for Bhishma Panchakam. So for those of you who do not know, Bhishma Panchak means the five, the last five days of the Kartik Mass, beginning with the Ekadashi to the Purnima. Although ours is Purnima system technically, uh, you know, it's next month. But anyway, from the Ekadashi to Purnima, it's called Bhishma Panchaka, the five days of the last five days of the Damodara month. Well, even for Damodar month also, Srila Prabhupada said, uh, it is to induce the newcomers to start devotional life. But for devotees, it is the same. I mean, nothing special. Uh, when we say nothing special, it's not like ordinary. A devo- for a devotee, every day is special. Every day is Krishna's day. In that way. Not that special, special Krishna's day. Of course, festivals are special, special Krishna's days. But otherwise, every day is a special day for a devotee. So, we just have to try to improve our devotional service and um, every day. Not just on Bhishma Panchaka or anything. Every day we have to try to improve our services and all that. So, Sri Prabhupada did not really stress that Okay, you should do this on Bhishma Panchak and all these things. <clears throat> so we will you know, do as usual. If you can do more reading, more chanting, that is always welcome. I mean, there is no uh, hard and fast rules that you know, we should not do anything more. No. If you can do more, why not? You know, why not? Uh, no problem at all. I mean, in fact, it's very good. That is the whole point. If you can somehow or other increase... For those who are dedicated in temple, you know, they are already doing Krishna service. For those who are not, you can always increase your reading, you know, Bhishma Panchaka. We can always celebrate. In fact, there is a nice story. Gaurakishwar Das Babaji, you know, <laughs> he was, you know, he always lived uh, uh, in very humble circumstances. And he did not have any money with him. And um, once, I think, Gaurakishwar Das Babaji or Jagannath Das Babaji? Gaurgishwadas Babaji, if I'm not wrong. So he said, um, <clears throat> there was Ekadasi. Ekadasi came. Come, let's have a big feast, he said. Huh? Then the other, uh, other he said this to another uh, devotee. So the devotee asked, uh, Maharaj, uh, how can we have a big feast? You know, we don't have any money, we don't, cannot buy anything. No, 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 you did not understand. Ekadasi feast means more chanting, whole day chanting, big feast, chant, feast on the chanting of the holy name. That was his feasting. So, <laughs> so he said, full fast and feasting on the holy name. Chant. Fill the mouth with Harinam. <laughs> In this way, Harinam feast. So, he said, this is the way paupers or beggars celebrate uh, you know, events, great events. By chanting Hare Krishna. So, actually, if he is chanting Hare Krishna, is he a pauper? No. He is the most, you know... Uh, richest person in this world you know it's like that <laughs> so yeah you know if there's bhishma panchak you do more chanting more reading and if you can do some prasadam distribution book distribution well and good uh, many places i think you can't go out because of covid so you uh, read more and you know, read Prabhupada's books more chant more like that that is always good but for those who are in the temple well they're already engaging in devotional services so you know, that's it. I mean, it's all the same every day. Alright, I think that's the end of the session. Thank you all very much for uh, participating. And uh, we'll meet again on Wednesday with the Bhagavad Gita class. And next Monday, uh, we'll be starting the Vaishnava songs series. 
So every alternate Monday, one Monday is AMAM, one Monday is Vaishnava songs because Vaishnava songs are very, very important. It really, just like here, we have, you know, learned about this. I want to actually start with that song by Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, which is Dushtaman, chastising the mind, one of my favorite topics. I like to beat my own mind also. Um, and we, as devotees, we should learn this very, very, very important aspect of devotional life, which is beating, caning our mind every time. Hundred times in the morning, hundred times in the night. This is easily easier said than done. It's usually said as, a, I mean, in a, in a lighter sense, but actually we should be serious about it. And Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur was serious about it. So, this song really, uh, in fact, in the first verse itself, Dushtaman what kind of Vaishnava are you? Pratishtharatare Nirjanerghare Pratishtharatare Nirjanerghare Tavaharinam Kevalakaita so it is saying, what kind of Vaishnava are you? Simply for some getting some respect from others, just for getting some praise from others, you you show off your chanting and your so-called reading or you know your devotional activities. But inside your heart, nothing is changing. You don't have a tinge of devotion for Krishna. Simply thinking of how other people can you know. Glorify you and Pratishthar Tare Nirjanar Ghare Tava Harinam Keval Kaitav. You are simply, your whole your chanting is just cheating. So, this is the starting verse. I think that the song goes out, I think, 19 verses. So, we will explore this beautiful song <laughs> next Monday. Alright. So, before that, we have Wednesday Bhagavad Gita class, Saturday Chaitanya Saritamrita class, and all that goodness. Alright. Thank you very much. Jai Shri Prabhupada ki jai. Shri Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur ki jai. Gauranga Mahaprabhu ki jai. Nitai Gaur Premanande Hari Hari Bol. Hare Krishna. Wait, 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 wait. Hare Krishna Prabhu. Monthly 1 AM AM is enough, I think, Prabhu. Can't wait for songs class. Try to cover the tune also, please. By Vimal Krishna Prabhu. <laughs> Lucky I saw that in the last moment. Hmm. 1 AMM per month. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. I'll think about that. That's a good idea. Yes, this is very important. Songs are important. Alright? Maybe that will be true once a month. Let us see that. Okay? Thank you very much. Hare Krishna.